Okay, everyone, today's episode was recorded at and brought to you by Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Raven Sound Studio is a professionally equipped audio production facility offering recording, mixing, and mastering services throughout northern Arizona and surrounding areas. Whether you are looking to cut a demo, record your next single, or have a full album produced, Raven Sound Studio has the tools and skills you need to get the job done. For more information, head to www.ravensoundstudio.com to book a session or schedule a tour. Welcome to the Creative Convergence, an audible nexus of the creative arts. I'm your host, Candace Devine. Join me in conversation as we discuss the journey creatives take on their path to success. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited for today's guest, Mr. Tamir Barzilay. He is a multi-instrumentalist, producer, and composer based in Los Angeles. Tamir has worked with, recorded with, and toured with artists such as Macy Gray, Jason Mraz, Adam Lambert, Tall Wilkenfeld Band, Scary Pockets, Natasha Bedingfield, Skazi, Yemen Blues, Funkstein, and more. If you'd like to learn more about Tamir Barzilay, please see our show notes for links to his social media accounts and website. I am so excited about today's podcast guest because we kind of go way back. Our paths have crossed a number of times, and this man is all positive vibes juju. He is a brilliant musician, but he's such an artist in his in his way of thinking, and I can say that from a personal standpoint because there was a time when he played in my band, um, and just the creativity that kind of like beams light through this creature. I am so fascinated and in awe of all the time. Please welcome my dear friend, Tamir Barzilay. And um, thank you for being here. Hi. I'm so excited to get to hang out thank, with you. Thank you, Ken. This <laughs> is so good to, to see you on on this little screen here. On and, the Zooming. And <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. So let's start at the beginning with where you were born and your family life and what being a child for you was like. Were you a creative kid? Were you, did you start, were you the, like, I came out of the womb, like, I'm gonna sing, you know, really? but, wow. <laughs> but what was, yeah, what was your, um, I'm not surprised because yeah. he's such a badass. Um, I, what did I do? I where was, were you born? Start there. I was, I was, I was born in Israel. Okay. In the Siblings? Mid- Middle East. Yeah. I have three older sisters. I was the You're only the baby boy. boy? Baby boy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And, um, you know, like every other boy, I was really into sports and like BMX bicycle and like, you know, just burning things and breaking stuff and like, you know, experimenting, um, getting injured. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was into art. I remember even before music, it was my mom put me in like a painting class because I showed interest, I guess, in like painting yeah. and drawing and stuff like that. So I think that was the the beginning of like me dealing with art. And then I found a guitar in her closet from where she was like a teenager or something. My mom wasn't a musician, but she was... Um, she loved art, but she wasn't a 
she never really let that, you know, happen, I guess. So I found this guitar in a closet and I'm like, hey, can I use it? And I started playing it with one hand because I had no idea what to do. And then eventually she put me, she found a teacher, a local teacher and put me in some, you know, to take lessons with them. So your first instrument was actually guitar. Yeah. Interesting. And did any of your sisters sing or play or do anything creatively? Like, was that in around you at all? Yes. My sister was playing piano pretty damn good. <laughs> and yeah, but she wasn't she wasn't playing in a band or anything. She was just taking lessons with a mostly classic classical music teacher that was just there like super specific and articulate. Everything was like so wow. So that was a turnoff for me because that, that's boring. Yeah, you're like too confined. Yeah, and it's boring because you're, I don't know if it has anything to do with being a boy or a girl, but like as a boy, you just kind of like, you're more, a little more aggressive, I guess. And at the time I was listening to, you know, rock bands and grunge <laughs> and whatnot. And like, that's boring. You know, I want an electric guitar with distortion. I want to, you know. Mm, so, let it out. So music was, you know, my sister was practicing a little bit and she would get like, lessons once once or twice a week and then the other music i heard was my mom's radio when she cooked lunch she came back from work and cooked lunch for us and that was usually elvis That's awesome. you know it's funny think about it nowadays in israel people listen to elvis while making lunch it's kind of funny <laughs> and and uh, like classical music, super relaxed to the like fifties and sixties music, you yeah. know. Did um, you enjoy that? Did you find yourself like enjoying that, or were you kind of like, ugh, oh, there's all this better stuff out there? <laughs> I like it because because it was that specific radio show she would listen to was super chill. It was relaxing and beautiful. It wasn't boring to me for some reason. Maybe because it was my mom. I was respecting her so much. I'm like, this has got to be good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I hope my son um, feels that way about me. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but on mom brought this to the yeah, table. I wasn't, it's I wasn't, be good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have good taste. I, I know. Um, but yeah, I wasn't pushed to play music. It was my dad never listened to music. We, we didn't have a collection of vinyls, yeah. you know, stuff like we, so, I don't know. It was, yeah, so what happens is you get to be like junior high-ish. Like now you're 10, 11, 12-ish, 13. As as a boy in Israel picking up a guitar, taking lessons, listening to grunge, did you ever think like, oh, I want to be X? Or were you, were you already playing with the drums? Were you? How are you yeah. navigating your own musical experience? I'll tell you that. Before, I mean, while I was taking guitar lessons, I was bored by guitar, but because, you know, you don't want to go through the hard work of like learning how to do the <laughs> stuff. You just want to know how to play because right. you're, you know, attention span is, you know, pretty bad. So I always wanted drums. Subconsciously, I was like drums, but I knew that I wasn't allowed. My parents will never buy me drums. So I was like, okay, just suck this up and like play guitar and like find, you know, so I would make little drum sets from cereal boxes. No way. 
way. So I'll make the big cereal will be the bass drum, the small cereal box will be this and this, and make and then play it with pencils. You know, I'll be doing like homework. Yeah, and hear the different tones and the size of the boxes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, different tones, and you get a little like plastic bag, and that's that could be a snare because it has a little more snap. I'll put it on my bed and like play that, drive my sisters crazy. And then at one point, my cousin gave me drumsticks. I was like, wow, drum them huge, right? Because I was using pencils at the time. Yeah. What so do you now think like was your draw drumsticks. to the drums, though? Like, had you seen drums? Did you just like the way they no. felt? No, I didn't know drums at all. You just knew you wanted to bang on things and make sounds. I, I like the, the sound of it, I guess. I like the, I don't know. Yeah. You know what? I never even thought about it. It was something internal. Yeah. Internally was telling me, oh, this is it. Yeah. And then was playing with those drumsticks on the bed and pillows and a bunch of dust come up and you just try <laughs> to get. And I guess my parents realized that I, I really wanted drums and guitar was fine. I would jam with some friends. Um, but yeah, the dream was drums. And then at one point we moved to a bigger house because that was. Um, in Israel, when you live in apartment buildings, that's mid-class, working class, mm. you know, not rich, but like you're doing well. Yeah. People with good jobs, but you live in an apartment building. So that was normal. So right. my parents were like, are you crazy? Drums yeah, you can't now. You can be having drums and our whole neighbors, all everybody's going to exactly. be like, your kid's the drum kid. <laughs> yeah. And then we... we And then they built the house. They saved a lot of money. They worked really hard. My parents... Wow, they worked so hard. And they built a house. Um, and then that house was beautiful. It still exists. It's still there. But um, they had a bunch of rooms. So, and then there's an attic that was empty. Mm. Cold in the winter and hot in the summer. And like, this is the only place we're going to let you put drones if you ever, you know. It's like, And I'm like already, okay, I got to build a little stage and put some you know, rugs and carpets on the, on the whatever, like just make it. Yeah. The vibe is strong with you, Tamir. It's always, you've always been strong on vibe. So I'm glad to know that that (laughs) happened earlier. Like I need to put up rugs. I need to create a vibe. Yeah. You come with vibe. I get it. I I hope so. (laughs) I hope it's the vibe. I hope it's a good vibe. Definitely. Um, So convinced my parents to buy me drums. Then I turned 15, I think, and then I, I got a drum set. And then pretty quickly, I started picking up gigs, jamming with friends. I played a musical when I was 16. Okay, so like let's, let's, let's talk about that, though, because anybody listening who's like, oh, my gosh, okay, he got a drum set. Did you then, were you the kid that was like, I'm going to go play these things morning, noon, and night? Did you just, autom- did you take drum lessons? How did you become the kid that could go out and gig? I I started um I took lessons my as soon as I got drums my um my parents said like at least go and like study so you 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 know you know what you're doing so there's a pattern and you're not just banging these things all day long right <laughs> right they just want to make sure that I'm going the right way you know yeah um and yeah I took lessons from this local drum teacher he was super cool. I'm still every once in a while I like reach out to him and see what's up. Yeah. He's a pilot, you know. <laughs> the guy was yeah, in he was in the Air Force in Israel and I guess that was his true passion. 
So it, yeah. at one point just became like a commercial pilot. And he was your drum teacher. Yeah. Which worked out for great. A couple of, <laughs> yeah. So I took lessons with him for a couple of years. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you play with your friends at a rehearsal space and someone else hears you and yeah. stuff start happening. Then you... I don't know, the Boy Scout friends from school say like, hey, you play drones, right? We need you for this cool event that we're doing. Can you play? I'm sure. Then you just... I love that you bring that up because I talk about that a lot with people that musician community really is the thing that like grows you're great musicians, in my opinion. I think oftentimes it's it's that kind of experience when people are like, hey, play over here, or hey, go play over there, or hey, right. could you sit in with us? And, and this cross-collaboration and learning different styles or learning different people's needs or wants and fitting into environments where music is being played out loud and you get to see the response from people at what you're doing right. well and what's not going well and getting those feedbacks. I think that builds community in a way and and really develops great musicians from having to Absolutely. kind of like sink or swim in a sense, you know? Absolutely. At that point, did you, you know, you're 15, 16, were you like, oh, my life's in music? Or was, was your family kind of like, you're going to go to college, you're going to learn business? Like, was there any direction for you in that? Or was that I, a thing? I didn't think about anything else once I got the drums. Really? Yeah, it just, <laughs> yeah. you're like, this is it. Yeah, you just all you want to do is play drums. And how did that sit with your family? Were they worried about that at all? I think they were because <laughs> you know they had to like take me out of the room. So, like, okay, that's enough. You know, go to sleep now, or you know, it's time to do homework. It's time to you know. Yeah. Yeah, I was really, really passionate about it. I was very hungry for it, and I. Maybe because I didn't have drums for a while and I wanted it so bad that once I got it in my head, I was already kind of like practicing before I even knew what drums were, you know? So it was very quick. I was, I picked it up pretty quickly and got very lucky to be around the right people when I was younger. And uh, yeah, I put myself, found myself in situations with, with good, really good musicians, very supportive community and friends and yeah within two years i got the drums around 15 17 and a half i already joined the beastie boys of israel really yeah because they i was playing with some of my really good friends we had a cover band because we wanted to like play shows and it was fun like we all do that right and you make money which is cool Hopefully. Yeah, and you yeah. play gigs, you get some attention from the opposite sex. <laughs> <laughs> Girls do love to. drummers, that's true, that's true. So I'm playing with this cover band, and we're practicing at this rehearsal space, and then all of a sudden the doors open, and these guys, older dudes, asking me for my number, and saying, like, we need to call you for something, and I said, cool. And... A couple of weeks later, they invited me for an audition for their band. And I know who that band is at the time. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. And then eventually, I joined that band because their original drummer uh, went overseas for to study something. And I was like, this is a great opportunity for me. And I was still shocked. I was so young. Yeah. And they were like, 
I was 17. They were 25, 26. Yeah. Doing very well. Um, yeah, they were super hip hop, funk, rock Love mix. Sort of, sort of like a Beastie Boys rap, hip hop thingy. And, and that was a, that was huge for me, you know? Yeah. At that age. How did your, again, I asked just because, you know, at 17, are you out of the house yet? Probably not. How did your family feel like, oh, you're going to go join this band of 20 somethings? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's you said not that a earlier. Good <laughs> right. Because they still look at it as a hobby and they kept, yeah, I remember that they always, they always reminded me that it's just a hobby. Because I don't know, I feel like now living in the States for so long, um, there's a different attitude, maybe not everywhere, but it's a different attitude there. Um, when the, you look at music, if you tell someone in Israel, like, yeah, I play drums. And how old are you? Like, I'm 50. And, and he's like, you're playing drums? Really? Can you support yourself? Like, yeah, people, people can make a lot of money playing an instrument. Yeah. So um, most people don't know that. But especially when your parents and your kids, like, this is what I want to do. They look at you. Yeah. As if you, you know, it's just crazy for them. They don't understand the amount of passion. They can't put it together into, oh, yeah, that's what he wants to do. We're going to support it no matter what. So they were supportive in, in the way of, here, we'll pay for your lessons. We'll take you to practice because I didn't have a car at the time. You're too young. Um, you know, they're supporting, but they're not looking at it as a job. Right. Well, and, and I think that's, you, that's where this whole podcast grew from, because there are so many people that make a great living doing yeah. what they love, but yet we don't hear about that as much. You know, yeah. we hear about the big, big, big famous, you know, names in the newspaper, you know, at the top levels, but we don't hear about all the yeah. people that are with all those top levels, making these great livings, doing what they love. And that's right. why it's so nice to talk to people who have carved out that path. Yeah, I I don't see myself as as that, but I guess if you can support yourself doing what you love doing, you know. Well, it's that's a what, dream. but that's exactly what I mean. It's like it comes yeah. in all different shapes and sizes. You know, it comes from right. there are so many places between zero and Prince or you know Beyonce or Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know, there are so many right. places worthy of having this career in whatever yeah. way it unfolds. And so it's really nice to hear. So when you, I take it, you did join the band. So I did join a band and then we did a little touring for about a year, year and a half. And then it was my time. And then they took a little break. Right. And then my parents jumped in on an opportunity and said like, okay, this is the time where you join the army because that's what every normal person in Israel does. Oh, right. And it's that's kind of a thing, right? Like over. you do a year in the yeah. military, no matter what, male, female. Three, three years. Three years. Females back then used to do a year at nine months. And nowadays I know that they do two years. Yeah. And men always three years, as far as I know, still three years mandatory. Um, that's so a long time. Yeah. Especially when you're like 18. Um, so yeah, I joined the army. I didn't want to go at first, but then I felt obligated for my parents and just to be a normal person, I guess. Um, I joined the army, and, and then at the time I didn't like it, but in retrospect, it was a great, great um, 
school of life for me and for, I guess, for every kid, any person that goes there. How so? Did you feel like you were sacrificing something to go there or in hindsight, do you you look at it like it shaped you? Definitely shapes who you are and in, in that very raw young person you are, you, you, you sort of still, you know, building your personality, right? And that definitely adds a good, good chunk of it. Adds a lot of character, a lot of, um, I don't know, grow some hair on your chest, literally. There's some <laughs> yeah. like situations that are really, really effed up. Yeah. So you, and then if you didn't like, I don't know, for example, if I didn't like onions in my mom's rice when she made dinner, I was like, fucking eat whatever you can. If you're hungry, eat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Any little bits of of your spoiled self would just, just fade out. Yeah. The stuff you take for granted because it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Any little thing, it's like, okay, it's just just very survival. In that regard, I feel like that is a human trait I wish more of us gained. You know what I mean? I I, I wish Mm. as as a cultural blanket, at least in the United States, I wish... Our youth and and ourselves, I, I wish we had a little bit more um, a broader lens on stuff like that because I feel like we come from such a privileged, rich nation that oftentimes, yeah. you know, if your salad isn't just the way you thought it should be, you you know, send it back. Yeah, <laughs> like you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> I, I think we could all use a little humble pie in that regard for I'm, sure. I'm with I'm with you, and at the time I hated it, but then looking back, I'm, I couldn't be more thankful. So you did the full three years? You have to do three years, yeah. Wow. Do you did you make like like close life friends, do you think? Or did you play in the military band? Like did did music I tried. (laughs) Such a failure. It's so funny because I've tried to go to like, you know, during high school I tried to go. Yeah. Me and frames and like the school system, just I don't know, it doesn't work. Because I tried and I did auditions to like a jazz school when uh, um, instead instead of going to my high school, because I wanted to go to arts school for high school, right? right? So like, now I know what I want to do. I want to play drums. So I'm just going to go there and like study it. Yeah. Didn't go well. (laughs) Didn't go well. I didn't get, I didn't, they had like one slot for like one person open whatever this jazz ensemble and i tried and they said you're great and two weeks later like sorry someone else took it so i thought i I love hearing that though tamir because you have literally played on you know stages all over the world and i think so often people fall for the first no you know what i mean they hear no and that's it it's like and i love hearing that it's like yeah i didn't fit in that box but onward i went you know i think that's really important it was depressing because, <laughs> because you know, when, you, when you're young, you're like, okay, I got it. So you feel so uh, um, accomplished. You feel seen. You feel acknowledged. You feel like, okay, I need the environment's approval. Right. Right? Yeah. And the, the older you get, the less bucks you get. Yeah. Right? And then, so I've, when I didn't get the... the when I didn't get that gig in like, you know, the high school, the art school, I felt like, okay, this really sucks, but now I'm going to have to find my, you know, I have to, I'm not going to quit, 
I'm just going to find my own voice. I guess I'm not going to have to, you know. And at the time, I didn't even know what it means to be in art school other than you're going to be one of those cool kids that have more opportunities mm. and, and have more recognition. Like, oh, if you went to so-and-so, right. you got to be amazing. You know, you got to be amazing right. because it's... So it's... In that sense, I had to always, like, be the underdog and, like, always do my own thing. And then in the Army, I tried to join the Army band. And then I go in... Um, even before the army, it was another high school. It was right after high school. I think the last year I've tried another one. Yeah. And I went to the audition. Yeah, that's another story. The other one was like the, I don't know, early stage. How do you call the early stage of high school in, in the States? Like, uh, we call it like freshman, freshman year, sophomore year. Probably the, something like that. Yeah. Junior high. So then, yeah. yeah. So then I, I tried another one. And then I went in and remember in the middle of the, the audition, I felt so much pressure. So I just got up and left. <laughs> I love that. That You're like, I'm, I'm not hanging with this. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm playing. And then I feel like the prince, there's two teachers like looking at me and, and I'm playing and I, I'm not really good at reading. So they just made me feel so bad. that I'm like, I don't even want to take this pressure. I'd rather just go home and like do what I love doing. So I, yeah, I just got up and left with that one. And then the army, before I actually joined, they said, give me a chance to try to join the band so at least I can, I can still play drums. I went in, there's like 25, 30 drummers outside practicing, doing all these paradiddles on their shoes and stuff and playing and practicing. They go in and they kill it. And I'm like, man, these guys are way too good. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here. Yeah. So I went in, did the audition, didn't go that well. I didn't get the good. So yeah, my history with auditions is not, it's, it's a bad, bad but again, route. I love, I love hearing that because one, you weren't deterred because here you are as a fantastic, phenomenal, loved drummer. But two, I, I love that you stayed true to your own voice in a sense. You know what I mean? Because... Not everybody's meant to be cut of the cloth of those, you know, confined, regimented places, whatever they be. And there's no shame in that. And then at the same time, it's like how brilliant that your own creativity and your own voice and your own playing and your own desire is the thing that ultimately led you to being successful in the career that you wanted to be in, you know, which is kind of super empowering, I would think, on some level. It's not because you went to this school or because you had this X, Y. It's, it's on your own will and your own talent, yeah. which is kind of awesome. I guess you're right. I mean, that's a good way of looking at it. But I see it as you didn't have a choice because you <laughs> failed. <laughs> you failed. In every opportunity that was given to you, you were failing. So you it means that in, in a way, my passion was was so resilient that I just like, I, I got to do this. I, I don't have a choice. It doesn't matter what the teacher or the school, or the or, you know, anyone would say about you're good or you're not good. Right. I want to do it. So I'm just going to go and do it. So you joined the 25-year-old band and your parents are like, oh, dear. Uh, yeah. And then, so where did that line up from? So the military came first and then that band? No, the band, and then they took a break, and then you had military. To... 
Oh. And then I said, maybe I'll still, you know, keep my chops while I'm in the army. And then when I'm finishing the army, I'll go back to music. No. Went to pretty much a war zone in the middle. You know, the army was a war zone pretty much. Yeah. Um, but then finishing the army, I went out and went straight back to making music. Yeah. So all these people I worked with before, it was easy to, you know, to to reach out again and like, Hey, I'm, I'm what's I'm up? Let's I did, I did yeah. my time and I'm back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I did my time. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I went back in full power. Yeah. And then, yeah. W- was that band still there wait- waiting? Like, did you join up with them or did new opportunities then come at that point? One of the lead, there was, so there's three, three main rappers in that band. And one of them, was going out as a solo career. As soon as I got out of the army, he just started and I joined him immediately. Amazing. And he is, until this day, he's like, he is amazing. He's like one of the biggest artists in Israel. Yeah. So he started with that band and then he developed a solo career, which was, still is amazing. So, yeah, that was a good, good time. Was that your first time touring as a professional musician or being involved at a professional level where you were like, okay, this is my livelihood right now? To that hip hop band. Yeah. The, the, that was the first time Yeah, that I was like, cause you, you know, you're getting paid, you're on TV, you're doing a bunch of talk shows with this band and you're playing, you know video clips all of a sudden it's like the whole thing is happening yeah. were your parents like stopping. oh my gosh were they blown away yeah. by that were they shocked by how grand uh, your life had become my parents no <laughs> they're in a my friends my <laughs> friends yes your parents are like trust me we've listened to you practice for the last 15 years like we whatever it is five years ten years we know you're a good drummer good congratulations <laughs> Right. Go get a job. <laughs> oh, even go, at that point? Even at that go, point, they're like, yeah, this isn't real. Yeah. I'm like supporting myself, you know, after obviously when you're younger, you're flipping burgers and right. doing whatever you can, right? And then you finally, I'm doing what I love doing and I'm making pretty good living for a 17, 18 years old yeah. dude. Um, Here, mom, look, I'm on TV. Watch it. And then it's like, cool, all right, you know. They were supportive, but they didn't look at it again. They didn't look at it as a job. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't that. in there. So, uh, what set yeah. your sights on coming to the United States? When did that happen for you? In the- uh, it was twenty. So yeah, after playing with that guy, I played with a bunch of other artists, and including amazing funk bands and reggae bands. I went to Jamaica to work with uh, Jamaican artists. In Jamaica, um, I toured uh, internationally with this with an amazing DJ. I can, you know, give you all these names, but I don't think you're familiar with them. Too. Very, yeah, it's like, all good. I, I'm intrigued, though, by the difference in stylings, though. Yeah. As a drummer, did you feel prepared for that, or were you just kind of like, fake it till you make it? Like, how did, you just, get your, how did you get your brain around all that? I love I love the challenge of... of if I didn't like it, you will know that I don't like it. Right. You know, that's until this day, I'm pretty, pretty transparent when it comes to how I feel about something or somebody or, right. you know, um, which is also a flaw, but 
That's the kind of flaws I welcome because at least they're honest. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like honest to the fault. Yeah, to a fault. Yeah. Um, yeah. To I had to play a lot of reggae and funk and rock and this and that. So I went my way. I, I played with so many artists, and then I reached sort of like the rock and roll legends of Israel, and they were as old as my dad at the time. And I was so young and they were like, when I was 25, they were like 50. Yeah. You know, even more. And they were amazing. And I jumped in on an opportunity. I don't even know how, Oh, I think because I was, while I was playing festivals with that other guy from the hip hop band, I would always go and, um, how do you say it? Rub, uh, shoulders oh yeah uh, yeah rubbing elbows like, uh, elbows yeah. with some other artists yeah and i said like hey we should play sometimes i was such a like you know you were in it you were, you were i was in it. it yeah i mean when i if i wanted to play with someone I, I would i would be shy but i would also find opportunity to say like i would love to play with you even if it's for one little second and if yeah. that person actually likes you he will consider it right so, yeah, I've done that a couple of times with, with this uh, rock duo and legendary, amazing musicians. It's amazing songwriters. And I was so, so lucky to play with them when we made a record together. At that time, I'm 25 and, and I'm sort of, I'm having this, okay, now what? Yeah. You know, I know it sounds a little cocky, no, but, but I wasn't. It, well, I, I'm like, actually glad you bring that up too, because it's, here's the thing. We can have all the passion and all the drive and we can want, you know, as musicians, we can create our own like levels of height of where we want to ascend yeah. to. But there yeah. is a point when you play with great people and you do, you're like, okay, mm. now what? Like, what's the next thing to fill? It's very human. Yeah. These Fair. humans are just like that, huh? <laughs> we can't um, help it. I know. I just, I, um, it's very human. So I, I, well, maybe there's one more element that helped me move. It was like, my, I, I had a breakup that was like really hard. That's for when me. I met you. That's when I met you. I met you at that right. time because we used to sit at the Sofitel and have cocktails. And you'd be like, I mean, I love her, but I just, this is, our lives are going different places. And da, 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 da. that's when I met you. So I remember this. Please continue. Oh, yeah. The brokenhearted. Um, <laughs> so that helped me move. And when I moved, it was, okay, I'm, uh, I need a new start as a human, as a person, because I felt empty, even though I had everything I needed yeah. and everything I wanted. I might have taken it for granted at that point, but I think it was time for me to move on and like get another challenge because I was still young and I could adjust to, yeah, I don't know, learning another language and you know, go, you know, traveling the world and like, you know, I felt that that was a good opportunity, so I left. I, a friend of mine and myself went together, uh, couch surfed on another friend's in Brooklyn, New York. So you landed in New York first? Yeah, New York first. And New did, York you, did you get like a work visa? Is that how you came over initially? Is that... I, no, you started as a, in a, on a touring visa. Oh, okay. Oh, it's a tourist visa. Sorry, why am I saying touring? 
tourist visa and you get it for six months because Israel and the U.S. are allies. Yeah, they're pals. So yeah, they're friends. <laughs> so other, other countries will get three months. I got six months. So it gave me enough time to sort of like, you find know, out. See, yeah, find out what is it like. Um, Did you have, I mean, like, the United States is a big place where you like in your mind where you're like, oh, I'm going to New York or I'm going to L.A. Like, did you have a, a plan around that or was it just like I'm booking a ticket to wherever I can land on a couch? No, no, yeah, it was because <laughs> I mean, you could have ended up in Iowa, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and be like assembling like you know, cars. <laughs> well, knowing, knowing you, you would have found the music scene and it would have worked out just fine, but it's just, you yeah, know, my point is that it's across a large pond, and you know, right. how do you know where to land? Um, a friend of mine invited us, my friend and I, um, to Brooklyn and said, like, just come here and you know. Stay on my couch or something for for a little, you know a little bit. See how see how you like it. Okay. And it was exactly fourteen years ago, March twelfth. That was we landed. Wow. It was cold, and I was like, "Fuck, New York is fucking cold. What's <laughs> going on?" So that whole thing was new to me. The language, taking subways. Um, um, it's a big city, so like finding your way around it and. At first, it was a shock, right? And then I mostly fell in love with being a ghost Explain. and just walk around, you walking like around. A, a, no, a non-entity yeah. as far as... Yeah. Like, it's a great and also, perspective and also to watch in, people. Yeah. It's also like, because Israel is such a small little pond. Yeah. And then you go to New York City, it's huge. There's so many people. <laughs> Yeah. There's more people in New York City than the whole country of Israel. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's a shift, and then, yes. <laughs> and, then you, and then you walk and you see them, right? You walk any block and you like millions of people. So I fell in love with that, that just you're nobody and nobody cares about you. And it was a great opportunity to reinvent myself personally. Yeah, there's a freedom and like in that. Leave. Yeah, a lot of freedom. A lot of loneliness. Yeah. But a lot of freedom. You're right. And when you say it gave you an opportunity to reinvent yourself of sorts, did you feel like it was a coming of age for you in a sense of like, now I get to be, I have nothing dictating where I go, who I become, how, what I'm interested in, or was it that you felt like you didn't have a sense of who you were yet? I think personally, I needed to find, I needed to like, venture a little more because mm -hmm. from a very young age you were so set you know what you wanted and there it was and then things came at me and, and everything worked out pretty yeah. easily I was very lucky and then when I felt that I might have taken it for granted and I moved to New York it was like okay do you want it rough here it is <laughs> you know yeah you put yourself so, back in your own boot camp exactly and I sort of did it on purpose and I was scared shitless because yeah <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, I could barely speak english back then you know and it sounded worse than borat <laughs> worse so it was it was a mission for me and then that's what i'm saying i fell in love with just being and i didn't even think about music because yeah. it was just hey here's the city here's people here's this it, i didn't even think about okay, I got to pick up the sticks and go play with whatever. 
Right. It took me months until I, that started to happen. All right, y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by Grey Dog Guitars, located at 141 North Cortez Street in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Grey Dog Guitars is an authorized tailor, Gretsch, Guild, and Reverend dealer with a friendly, knowledgeable staff and a welcoming environment. Whatever you are looking for, whether to buy, sell, or trade, Grey Dog Guitars has you covered. So stop by today and check out their great selection of new, used, and vintage gear and check them out at www.graydogguitars.com. So yeah, I just picked up little, little jobs, you know, coffee shops and bars and whatnot, just to like be able to survive, um, use some of my savings. And then a year and a half later, I, I did some little gigs. Yeah. Sony BMG artist from England was playing there. Somehow I played with Israeli artists that came to New York and hired me to do two or three shows with them. And then during the rehearsal, just like, the good old days. Yeah. Someone saw me and then we bonded and he put me on this little short tour with this artist from England. So it was a little word of mouth thing that happened there. Right. But it was very, the volume of work and music in general while I was in New York was very low. And that, that in and thing. of itself is probably an adjustment on some level. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. How do you work? What's being ready? Or in Israel, when, when people say, let's go for rehearsal, you bring the material to rehearsal and then you study the material at rehearsal. Oh, interesting. And here, it's like, you better come show up, Show up fight. like concert ready. Yeah. 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 You're like, that was news. <laughs> You're all, no, no one had given me that memo until I got yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. And then... Your instincts is like the only thing that can save you and some experience that you've, you know, acquired at that point. Right. To like, oh shit, I didn't know I was supposed to bring all 14, 15 songs ready? Yeah. What? So, yeah, the whole dynamic musically was, I started learning how it works. Yeah. Because I didn't know anything about it. So that was challenging. And then a year and a half later from New York, um, I found myself, same guy that was, same friend I had in Brooklyn moved to LA and said, hey man, you got to check this out. LA is where it's at. <laughs> yeah, like the sun is out and it's cool and the music scene, scene seems to be, you know, to be happening. Yeah. Um, in New York, it was mostly jazz. I remember coming to New York looking for funk and hip hop and this and just, just can't, I couldn't find it. It was hard for me to find it wasn't very accessible. You know, the Jay-Z is there and right. most death and the roots and this and that. And, and But then you can't really Break in. see it. It's not, right. Yeah, it's not very tangible while you're there. Right. That makes sense. Um, yeah, because those are scenes. Now you get it. I, I get it because you need to be there a few years to get into a certain scene and then you start being exposed to cool events and right. shows and things. Right. Um, so I moved to L.A., Again, just took like a suitcase. Just curious, and, uh, where did you land in LA? Where was the starting point? West Hollywood on a couch. Really? 2008. Yeah, a year and a half after New York, I moved to LA. Boys Town. Was that a cultural shock for you? Yeah. You know, having being Middle Eastern looking, 
slash ethnically ambiguous with long dreadlocks <laughs> in West Hollywood, everyone looked at me as a drug dealer. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like I had people. You're like, I don't know how to me. explain this to you, but I'm a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have your rocks, man. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was cold because also LA, not like New York, you just, no one's on the street. So yeah. where are you going to go? Right. You know, now, you don't know the city. You don't even know where to take that car to. Like, well, and what's so interesting about that is most people, like when they, even from our, in within the United States, they come to LA. That's a culture shock in and of itself in the country mm-hmm. that they were raised in. You have mm-hmm. come from Israel, got set up in one vibe and New York and LA are very different. So you get set up in right. one vibe. And just when you think like, I'm getting the hang of this. Yeah, sure. I'll bounce out and check out LA. It's like a whole start over process in right. and of itself. It's different vibes, right. different groups, different scenes, different yeah. everything. Yeah. I mean, so you in essence I, started over twice kind of. Yeah. The first one was just a teaser. And for me, New York was like, <laughs> Learn how to speak correct English, which I'm still working on, and then, and then like, understand the mentality of America. Right. But you come from a different place. Israeli and American mentality so different. How we do you mind talking about that a little bit more? Because I, sure. I would love to know what that's like sure. from your perspective. Like, what are uh, the things that you felt you had to acclimate to the most, or what was the like culturally? I feel like there's, it's very fundamental when it comes to um, manners. Mm. Yeah, as a people, I feel we lack those. (laughs) No, but you know what? It's funny because Israelis won't say sorry or thank you. Really? Yeah, I've learned so much from American mentality when it comes to manners. But on the other hand, People are not as upfront and honest, is at least in my experience. I'm, I'm not, I can't generalize right. America, right. but like, you know, a lot of people, Israelis are very blunt and dry yeah. and quick to the point. They're not, they don't. It is what it is. Cut. It's like, it's this or it's this. It's, yeah. There's no small talk and there's no sugarcoating. It's very direct. Yeah, there's none of this. Would you mind terribly if I could possibly squeeze by? They're like, get out of my way. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, you learn a lot, you know. You have to, it's not bad or good. It's just you have to adjust and play by the rules because I respect whoever it is I'm talking to and, and then you want, you know, you want any conversation or interaction with anyone to be great, be smooth and nice. Yeah. And, um, so the differences are there. And even until to this day, sometimes I find myself like have to rethink a sentence because it might come out as too aggressive or blunt mm. where you have no meaning to be aggressive or hurtful or I don't know, pushy, whatever you call it. Right. You come from a very, so it's sometimes frustrating because you have really good intentions, but they come across as, dude, you're a dick. (laughs) Well, if it's any consolation, I have never, ever, ever thought that about you 
in any way. But I am also a very blunt person, so I respect. I much ap- yeah. I appreciate As- knowing where you stand. You know, like I would rather hear it straight. Yeah. So I've yeah. never had that experience with you in my life, but um, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, sh- that was challenging. So when you landed in LA, starting, how did you get your feet wet into that circle? Did you just go like, where's music playing and show up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Try to try to find music um, online. MySpace was still around. Mm. Yeah. That used so to be a big re- music hub. I mean, that was a yeah. place to find people. I used to reach out to people <laughs> um, on MySpace and say like, hey, I just moved to town and I've listened to your music on MySpace and I like it. If you ever need a drummer, I'm new in town. I'd love to work with you yeah done that a lot um i picked up anything i could i started like playing shaker and like a congas which i've never played that much percussion in my life but when i was i just got here i just tried to you were like i do now (laughs) yeah right right bang on anything just make it sound good and like you know so I played a little bit of percussion, small singer-songwriter gigs with people. I played with this Australian singer-songwriter guy. who's so good. And then through him, I met a bunch of people that to this day I'm very good friends with mm-hmm. um, from the Australian circle here in L.A. Yeah. Um, man, I played Jewish weddings. I just played blues gig with someone and... And some people came in and like, hey, what's up? So you're from Israel? Yeah, me too. And I guess what? I live here. Blah, blah, blah. I'm playing some. Do you ever want to, you know, play weddings? I'm like, oh, sure, man. I'll play anything. You <laughs> started, started playing Jewish weddings. Yeah. Because it was a thing and it paid well. So it was like, if cool. I can survive banging on drums, I'd rather do that than flipping burgers. Yeah. At what point, you had you decided at any point, like at this point, were you like, I'm going to stay longer? Was that an issue for you? Did you have to do paperwork? How does that all work? Oh, right. That's a good point. Um, when the visa, you, I did two tourist visas, right? So you do one, then it expires and you apply for another one to get another one. And at that point, I needed, I thought I'll, I'd make uh, artist visa. So towards the end of my stay in New York, I started working on artist visa which is really hard to get but luckily i had good good career in israel mm-hmm. that i could apply for an 01 the artist visa here and it was a pain in the ass and you got to get lawyers and you got to like pay a lot of money and you got to find any little piece of information about your past and you have to prove that you're going to be um an essential what do you call it? I don't even know how to put it in a sentence. You're going to be a... A contribution. A, amazing, to, yeah, yeah. Amazing contribution to the, the arts in like the a, United States. What, is, what do they call it? A merit-based. Like you it, are going to... Ex- yeah. You're going to be an extraordinary ability in the arts and you'll be an, an immense you know, contribution to the arts in the United States. It's a big deal. But then you get it. And then I was... You know, I got that visa and then that gives you another three years. Had you at any point thought like, why don't I just go home? Or had, did you, when you got, when you started to get to LA and you started to feel vibe and you were starting to work, were you like, oh, I like, I mean, was, was this a choice for you career-wise or a personal choice to just be like, I'm digging where I live and I'm making community here and I'm just going to stay? Or 
I mean, because you did leave your whole family and an ex it wasn't and girlfriend. Easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it was, it's a big sacrifice. Not going to lie. Yeah, now, it's pretty cavalier, back, Tamir. I mean, you just like up and left the baby boy of your family and you're like, I'm out. You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny because the older you get, the the more meaningful it is, like the sense of community and the friendships. And like, now I'm back with like old friends on FaceTime and they have kids and families and everything. And wow. It's, it's so tangible to see the difference of life choices that we know living completely different lifestyle than my married friends with nine to five kids, all that. Um, but yeah, you have, you know, you follow your passion and my passion, I wanted to be in the right place and the right place to me, the big league is not staying in the small country, the small bubble that you're from. It's like, go to where it's not even about opportunity. It's about like, it's like, where's the big league? Like, where are the big fish? Where? Where is the highest level of musicianship of the music that you like playing? If, if it was flamenco, I would be in South of Spain. Right. If it was, you know, bossa nova, I would be in Brazil. You right. know, like what do you what do you like playing? Where is that? Where on the planet is known to be the best? You know, scene of that of what you like doing. Take yeah. yourself there, and then just like go practice. <laughs> yeah, you know? I love that. Did you feel like it was a pretty easy, none of it's easy, so that's the wrong word, but did you feel like once you got to Los Angeles and you did kind of plant some roots in getting to know the community and the vibes and the different artists and those things, did you feel like, just based on your description of your trajectory in Israel, did you feel like it was kind of mirrored? Did you feel like it was fairly fluid as you started to meet no. people and play? Or was it hard? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Absolutely not. No. Israel is such a small bubble. It's crazy. Yeah. Amazing musicians. Some of the most amazing musicians I've ever met are in Israel. Yeah. No, they're, they're not any less than any other, yeah. you know, extraordinary you know musicians anywhere else um i just wanted um i got lost a little bit because that's something on my head oh i'm so sorry my mind i didn't mean to derail but um yeah um, i just wanted to be to be in the right place i I think i forgot the question that you asked me because i was already like in my head yeah, Do you mind repeating it? Yeah, not at all. No, I I was curious the comparison of the evolution of your career here versus the oh, evolution. Yes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you okay. felt like once you kind of got into this community and you found your place right. and you're like, I do want to be here, did you feel like it kind of coasted along fairly easily, or did you feel like it was harder to achieve in it took it took longer? Um it took way longer because I think there's mentality differences. People, I mean, if you're not from here, you have to sort of understand how it works, right? Mm-hmm. Where if you are from a place, it's a little more fluid. It's a little more casual and easy and yeah. and and even quick, you know. But a big city, 
you're not from here. You don't know the rules. You don't know the scenes. You don't know. It took longer just physically. It's a bigger place too. It's like a, it's a different country to me. Yeah. Back in Israel it was easy, right? It's a small bubble. You speak their language. You have a lot of common friends and, and you get the frequent, it's so frequent that you meet more and more and more people. Right. And it's a small physical place. Right. So it makes sense that it takes longer here, but it, yeah, it was, I didn't ask myself, do I need, do I want to leave? It was still the passion and the fire was there and kept me going. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a question. It was hard. Sometimes it was tough. What, you, what made you feel solidified? Like at, at what point did you kind of go like, no, I'm here. I'm in it. I'm grooving. I'm like, did, did you, I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Did you ever have a moment where you were like, mm, I should, maybe I should go back. Or did you just never doubt that and go, this is it for right now until, until it's not. Um, I don't remember having major moments of like, I'm done. I got to go back. Yeah. Never. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, because that right there is a huge success, honestly, in my opinion, because it's, yeah, I, I think guess. there are so I many mean, people from anywhere that feel stuck in their own place, let alone somewhere new, you know? Right. Right. It, it, I think if you really want it bad enough, you go get it. It just takes it. I mean, you miss your family, but like, you know that you will, you know that you will be mad at yourself. Right. Like you'll go visit and you spend time with them and that's enough. And then you come back to your dream. You're coming back to your passion and to where you place yourself in order to do the things you want to do the right way. Right. You can play drums anywhere. Right. Did, your sa- did right you get way. over your sad, broken heart? <laughs> over that one? I mean, since <laughs> I had one. another relationship. <laughs> since I had another relationship who who was my longest relationship. And I met her here within a few months that in LA, I moved to this apartment building and she was living upstairs and she was singing. Look how I'm just going straight to this story about my ex. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm like asking this thing, the neighbors, who's this singer? Yeah. Said, upstairs. I can hear someone singing beautifully. Oh yeah, that's Jenny. We'll take you up there. And then someone introduced me to her and then I was the end of the deal. We got, you know, we got together pretty quickly. You're smitten. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we were together for like eight years. Maybe so that's was, the one I met. Maybe that's the breakup I met you at. Because yeah. I think I remember eight years being a thing. Eight years was the thing. Yeah. That's the longest relationship um, that I had so far. But, um, yeah. yeah, maybe that was, that was her. Yeah. Maybe that was yeah. her. I just remember that's all I, I mean, not that this is I remember there. because the gigs that we did, the yeah. Sophie tell that you and Dave were slaying it every time. <laughs> you guys were so amazing. You're so sweet. Yeah. Thank I was you. like, I was so fortunate to play with you guys. I was, oh, it was so much fun. And the most so fun was during, when we would jam at rehearsal, like you would come yeah. fully prepared. And then we yeah. would do, throw a curveball and be like, let's make a whole medley. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. Then we'd throw in some hip hop and funk and all that other stuff. And it was really fun. And yeah. that's why we were I both like, the- Tamir's amazing. 
that was that was the time that when you, we played Sofita with Brian and those were the times I remember being friendly single. Right. And then playing those gigs and then uh, there would be so many people there. Right. And slowly it became a little too much. I was going to say, we've had both of those. I remember the fresh off the heartbreak and then I remember the, yeah. this is getting overwhelming. Like every night there's gorgeous yeah. women out the ears and everybody's consuming alcohol and I'm like, yeah, there's yeah, so yeah. many people. <laughs> You just lose your line. I lost my line. It was hard to concentrate. I just wanted to, yeah, it was, I told Ryan, like, I love Ryan so much. Such a good dude. Yeah. Um, I told him, like, it's nothing about the music. It just, the environment just made me go dark places. Yeah. It's just too much, you know, the drinking environment plus being single out of a long relationship, just wanted to, like, always mingle with girls and I just found myself doing it a little too much and then it, I just didn't like myself yeah I think so it I, was shortly I after just, that that I moved because I remember having that conversation with you at, and then maybe a year later I had moved but I remember that that was kind yeah. of one of the last hangs I think we had when we were just you're like this is just getting to be a lot yeah <laughs> and I was already yeah. married and whatever you know so I was just like oh right. yeah I mean right. if you're single I could see how this would be a lot yeah it's just yeah it was it was intense there's gorgeous gazelles all over los angeles that they just yeah they just infiltrate they just come from all over the place um (laughs) so let me ask you a couple questions that i like to ask all my guests if you don't mind yeah of course with the remarkable journey that you have taken cross continents (laughs) you know um what is something you would tell your younger self knowing the life you've had thus far I would, mm, one thing? Is it just one thing? It could be as many things as you want. I would say, have another tool other than your passion tool. Why? Uh, Because from my experience, right, being mostly a sideman and then just, um, recently re- releasing albums that I composed and wrote and co-write with other people that's good to have but if I had let's say another tool to make money from the side if yeah it helps you along the line you don't see it at first you don't see it when you're 25 or even when you're 30 right um, later in the years you understand that there's something really, there's a lot of peace when your financial money flow mm-hmm. and you're financially peaceful. Right. It helps with your passion and your brain and your mind to just everything to just be calm. You want to be, you want to make art when you, not always just come because art comes in a bunch, you know, all different shapes and, but, I would tell myself, just make sure you have another channel. Develop another channel of income. Because if you only rely on music, the ups and downs are not for everyone. Right. That's a very valid point. Yeah. I mean, it's. I'm curious to know because it's... It's interesting hearing that coming from you. And I love hearing that coming from you. Because I wonder if you would have taken all the risks and all all the leaps of like... I'll if you had had financial peace. 
It's true. I mean, I, I do. I do wonder that. I mean, I think it's sage advice, regardless, because I think. Yeah. I think anytime you open yourself up to having a safe way of living your art, that's a good thing. I so I I relish that advice, but I do wonder if if it were just about that. Like I don't know. I I mean I I don't know you that well, but I do wonder if you would be as much of a like chase the passion and to the success that you've had if you had yeah. been like, oh, well, I, you know, I'm a barber and I make a great living. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's I mean, interesting. Who can <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, when you, when it's your bread and butter and that's that's your food, that's your drink, that's your rent, that's everything, it definitely it becomes it becomes a survival. You, right. you like the gazelle in the African savanna, and yeah. you just, you got to watch your ass. Yeah. You know? And you got to be smart with money. You got to be, look for opportunities. If I am not reaching out, if I'm not creating opportunities for myself, it just probably won't happen. Right. So you have to be that person. I'm not, perf- I'm not like the perfect person for that, but it just, you always learn. Um, you get comfortable sometimes if you get good gigs yeah. and you had a couple, you had a year with a lot of touring and then you're like, oh, I'm fine. I'm chilled. And the next year, again, you're going to face some dark months. Right. And it's then, true. Cause it's not a, a, a to B career. It's not like, oh, I right? got, you know, I mean, you've played with Jason Mraz, you've played with incredible people, but it's not, every one of those things are in small stints. So it's like, it's a long yeah. enough. Yeah. To plan for hopefully the next thing. Yeah. Yeah. I would give myself, my young self, yeah, an advice of like, you know, don't lose the passion and the fire for what you truly love, but always develop and try to, you know, and slow burn, learn another one, learn another little channel of income, like real estate, investment, study something. Yeah. Learn how, learn how to, I don't know learn how to find another channel, like develop another channel of income for sure. Yeah. I like that advice. I always tell my, my folks, we laugh now because, um, you know, like I told you, I came out of the womb being like, I want to sing. And you know, my parents for years, (laughs) for years were like, you know, go be a lawyer because I had won a mock trial as a kid or go be an educator because you're great with kids or go do these other things. And I very much like you, I was like, no, this is what I'm doing. Like this is, this is the thing that is happening right now. I'm going to sing. But I remember them saying, well, then at least you should go to college because a college degree will blah, blah, blah. But what's interesting about that is now having a child of my own, like I, if my parents had said, instead of paying for college, which I feel so lucky that they did, not everybody's parents can do that. Mine did. Right. Um, but if they had said, we'll pay for you to go get your hairdressing license, go be a hairdresser or, you know, an esthetician or something. And then, you know, we'll pay for acting classes or singing lessons. I could have, yeah. I talked to them now. I'm like, you could have saved a whole college tuition and I yeah. could have fought f- for my passion all the time. But I would have had a trade that would have made me like I could have cut hair during the day and had a career trade, you know, where like much like you said, real estate or something else. But I, it's just an right. interesting there's I don't think there's a wrong or a right, but it's an interesting look back now yeah. because I'm like, yeah, I probably could have had two careers going at totally. one time, you know, and I yeah. think 
we're all learning that, you know. But at the same yeah. time, I think a lot of people have had these great life experiences and successes by being so driven, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it depends because every, you know, every person has their own path and had their own, you know, chain of events happen to them, you know. You don't, you know, everyone's carrying their own, you know, bag (laughs) of like personal, family, whatever, past, exes, I don't know, uh, um, health issues. People carry a lot of shit. So just be grateful for what you have. And it's never too late. Even now, like all of a sudden I'm like, I want to learn about stocks. Ah, man, I can just make some money <laughs> doing this, you know, put some of your savings there and do this there. And like, I don't know, because you, for so many years, business is the last thing you think about. I know. I always think music. that's fascinating that we don't learn, I, and I can't speak to Israel, but I think it's fascinating that we're not teaching our high school kids, like, let me explain life finance. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, right. let me explain what credit card interest means. And let me explain how you balance out your life to have a savings one day and how you prepare for things that you're not thinking yeah. about. We don't, we don't, I don't believe that people, at least in our education system, but I don't think oftentimes those messages get passed down to our kids. Yeah. You know, we're all full right. of fury and passion but nobody's going okay <laughs> yeah some well, practical i think their way their way is like this is just a hobby you gotta be a lawyer and then you it's a little too early in your stage to to give up your dream and go study for totally. seven totally. years you know totally but there's a way to do it yeah I like that advice, Tamir. I appreciate that advice. It's interesting to hear you say that as we're all grownups now, which is hilarious. Like we're all grownups. We're not kids anymore playing music, you know, but (laughs) when I think about, you know, what the things my parents have voiced to me or said or been like, what's your real job? What's your real job? I think we're all learning for the next generation in whatever capacity instead of framing it that way. Maybe we start framing it like, please follow your passion. Grow Grow in other ways as well. Like Right be more well-versed in multiple ways. Totally. And that's, yeah. that's super cool. I think that's gotta let, be a bad thing. You got to let the kid, you got to let them like find that fire and totally. then never turn it off for them. Totally. Cause you might've just killed like a lifetime worth of, of, of success or like manifesting. Totally. You I know? couldn't agree more. What would you say at, to this point has been a career high, but also a career low? One thing that was a high and a low? Yeah. Wow. That's a hard question. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. How can it be high and low at once? No, no, not at oh. the same time. I just mean like what's an experience in your career that has been a high for you where you've been like, oh, wow, this is the best, the best of the best. And then in reverse of that, when have you hit kind of a rock bottom or, or questioned yourself or been like, oh, this experience was awful? highs i mean there's many highs um when you i don't know when you play big shows or when you played uh i played my own music and people liked it that that that's a whole another i'm sure you know it's mm-hmm. like a whole another thing it's a whole different you know, level yeah of of yeah a level of uh how it 
it affects you and touches you. And yeah. someone say like, your song made me feel this and it's amazing. I'm like, whoa, really? What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> You're all, are we are we talking about the same song? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Highs are, I, wow, I can't even pinpoint one. There's so many, you know, um, playing with certain artists in like certain venues, like you know, Hollywood Bowl show with this and this and that, yeah. or playing in front of 100,000 people in Brazil. Um, but those are highs. That, they're amazing, of yeah. course. But um, the lows, um, wow. The only low that immediately comes to mind is like when I was super broke when I moved to LA and like a friend of mine gave me 20 bucks so I could eat. Yeah. And because, you but know. I, I think the reason I asked. Those are lows. This, yeah. The reason yeah. I asked this question is because within the same body that you carry, you have a. Yeah. A time in your life where 20 bucks was merely to put sustenance in your body. And then in the yeah. same breath, you can say also playing for 100,000 people. You know, I mean, that's the trajectory of human will and experience and, and design that is just so incredible to me. Both and in the same body are, you know, the duality we yeah. all go through, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, the lows would have never happened if I listened to me telling my young self <laughs> put some money <laughs> put some money in investments um, yeah but that was that was a low that comes to mind I'm sure there's other ones because life isn't perfect but um, there's a long term low which is on my end at least um, you just miss your family yeah. and you feel like I've calculated once it's been 14 years for me in the States and I calculated I think last year how many days or how much time did I actually spend with my family? Because it usually go once a year for a month. Right. And it it went down to like a year or like a few months, I don't know, eight months, something like that. Yeah. And you think, wow, 13, 14 years and I only spend this much time with my family. So that's like a long low. Yeah. Long-term low. So yeah. you just have to, you just have to, deal with i can't imagine yeah. they're not insanely proud of you though they are yeah yeah but, i mean i think at this point they see this man who has made a career out of his passion yeah. in a way that they probably never saw the same vision you did you know at the time some of them did you know what it's funny that you're saying that because it, when i left to new york they made me a little book with some photos yeah and each each and every one, like my sister and my dad, they wrote, um, hey, good luck, go get it, rock on, da-da-da. Everyone, were, they were so supportive and like, we know that he's going to go and do it. Yeah. But I didn't. I told him, I'll be back in a couple months. <clears throat> Isn't that amazing? I thought, I thought I'm, this is too big for me. I don't know how to do this. I'm scared of going. I don't, you know. And they were supportive. They were like, just go get it. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. Sometimes, yeah. isn't it incredible how other people give you strength in, in confidence in ways that you don't even know how to house yourself? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then when you look back, like you did, when you look back at that book and you're like, oh, they were right there cheering me on, you yeah. know, even when I didn't right. see it that way, maybe at the moment, you know? Right. That's so cool. And then you, the, the best thing about when you jump to the water, you, you, first of all, you're so in the moment and so alive that you, 
more than any, you know, any other day before. Like once you go and do that thing that you're uncomfortable with, you grow immediately. Yeah. So be uncomfortable. That's healthy. I love that. You know? Yeah. Get grow. Out of it. Yeah. Who needs to sit? Be, res- be resilient. <laughs> yeah. Be resilient. And if you're too comfortable, and I'm saying it to myself now, sometimes I'm comfortable. And I always remember that it's, you just don't sleep on yourself, you know? I love that, Tamir. Don't sleep on yeah. yourself. That one's going yeah. in a journal somewhere. Because um, <laughs> I write these <laughs> things down as I hear them. Um, what What's next? Tell me about the new record you're dropping. <clears throat> yeah, speaking of the, the title, it explains a lot about what we just talked about. It calls the name of his home is not a place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... It's, Are these your it, com- compositions, your works? Yeah, I've recorded and composed and did everything myself. There's two guest musicians, a friend of mine, that played on two songs. Um, one of them playing like a drone bass, my friend Mikey from New York, and my friend Trevor from Chicago played lead guitar in one song. Um, and I've done everything else, recorded it here in my studio in L.A. Um, it's instrumental. I love it. I did. I did another record a couple years ago, and and then after that, I had a lot of instrumental pieces that I didn't really want to put vocals on, and I developed. I wrote a little more, and then made 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 it like a long. I mean, uh, the length of an album. And I said, "Hey, that's enough for an album." Yeah. Uh, put it together, mixed it, and. This is the first album that I'm going to put in, on a physical copy. I'm actually pressing vinyl. I know. I bought one. Everybody I'm, should go buy one. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I appreciate it so much. I um, can't wait. Are ex- you kidding? The minute it arrives, it's going on my record player. My family, we're going so to be like making dinner and <laughs> listening and shaking our groove things. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an eclectic Thing. It's I don't know what the style is. It's kind of like worldly, but what is world music? I feel like everything yeah. is world music. Totally. You know, every music is world music. So it's it, you hear it. It's yeah. there's some influences there, and yeah, really excited. Coming out this Friday um, on the digital, you know, release. It's coming out this Friday, and then the pre-order for vinyl. On, I think on my Instagram there's a there's a link on my bio. So where should what is your Instagram? What is your fa- where should people be finding you and following you? Where should our listeners go? Um, go to either my website, which is tamirbarzile.com. and it's, it's probably difficult to spell. But I'll it's put T- it in. A- yeah, we'll make sure to put it in the show notes too, so they can just click on it. Awesome. But, yeah. Okay. Cool. And then Instagram. Um, is Instamtamir, I-N-S-T-A-M-T-A-M-I-R, Instamtamir. Then there's link in bio for the album. And I'm not, I'm promoting it now. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you've done that before, but man. I don't <laughs> it's know a lot of work, it. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I have a new record coming out this summer, and it's we're just so gearing much. up for all the stuff. Yeah. Even, even just making a post, Almost every day in the past week, I feel like I'm abusing my friends. It's like a whole different life. It's a second job. It's a whole different lifestyle. Wow. 
I know. Yeah, and then you have to smile at the camera and like be all this. And, like, you got to put your sunshine face on, doll. You got to be ready. I'm just, yeah, I'm not a good salesperson. <laughs> well, I think that's why people are also very drawn to you all the time because you are 100% authentic, at least in my experience. And I, it's so refreshing and lovely. And I think that's part of why you've had so much success playing with so many big people because everybody likes somebody who's genuine, you know? At the very least, you may not agree or, or you know, see eye to eye all yeah. the time, but you like genuine. I do anyway. Mm-hmm. And you always come I, full genuine, which is good. Thank you so much. <laughs> I hope it's a good thing. I like it's a wonderful genuine thing. too. It's yeah. a wonderful thing. That's why I asked you to be on my podcast. Thank you for being my guest. Thank you for having me, Candace. You're the best of the best. I can't and wait. I'm so, I'm so glad we got to talk, but next time we need to talk about you. I know, but here's the thing. I think one day when you're getting itchy skin, you should just get in your car and drive out here and visit for like a weekend. And we'll go you know hiking what? and we'll write music and it'll be great. I would love to. So the northern part of Northern Arizona, Arizona yeah. It's beautiful. Wow. I'll text you my address and you can map it. Yeah. Sounds just amazing. Come. Your guest room will be waiting. I do have a five-year-old who will probably, you know, poke at you to play dinosaur every once in a while but (laughs) it plays plays drums he wants he loves to play drums i have a drum kit and i um very guilty fall in line with your parents i'm like maybe you can play that when i have a place for you to do that somewhere else (laughs) i'm like don't you like the piano or the guitar um i'm just like stay away from horns and drums but he of course loves drums he loves drums every kid loves drums Yeah, and then so. piano is a must, though. I would, yeah. So you'll have yeah. to come and sit down and show him your chops and let him uh, I'll be, be an happy audience. to. And then bring your bike and we'll go We'll go do some riding and all the goodness. Sounds amazing. Okay. I'm going to hold you to it in the coming year or so when the world opens up. When you feel safe, you come. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We're ready for you anytime, but you come when you feel ready. Thank you. <laughs> okay, my dear. Thank you for being my guest. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for having me. So so good to see you and talk to you. Yeah. Let's keep it up. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Much love. You too, Dom. Bye. Today's podcast is brought to you by one of our awesome sponsors, New Belgium. One of their beers, Voodoo Ranger IPA, is a favorite here at the Creative Convergence. Voodoo Ranger IPA is perfectly balanced with notes of guava, mango, and pineapple with a delicately bitter finish. For beer news and occasional mediocre advice, follow at Voodoo Ranger on Twitter and Instagram, where you will hear about what's new and where you can find Voodoo Ranger near you. Voodoo Ranger IPA. Drink responsibly. Live rangerously. Thank you for listening to The Creative Convergence, coming to you from Raven Sound Studio in historic downtown Prescott, Arizona. Are you a professional in the arts and would like to share your story with us? Or a company that would like to advertise with us? Shoot us an email at contact at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Help support the arts by becoming a Raven Productions member. Get your perk card and be the first to know about all of our upcoming promotions, events, and online programming. Your membership will directly support the arts programs in our schools. Sign up today at ravenproductionsmedia.com. Until next time, be safe and enjoy the journey.